0: Welcome. This is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. Hey everybody, this is Joe and this is the Real Estate Investing Mastery Podcast. I'm glad you're here. Got a special guest on this show. We've had him on before, but I'm embarrassed to admit I've been on his show more than he's been on mine, so I'm trying to make it up to him. <laughs> <laughs> Even though my podcast is better, no, I'm just kidding. I This is Matt Terrio, guys. You know Matt from the Epic Real Estate Investing Podcast. He also has another podcast called the um, Turnkey Real Estate Investing Podcast. Is that right, Matt?
1: That is correct, Joe.
0: And are you still doing the Do-Over Podcast?
1: I am not. I let that one uh, go. I haven't killed it. I just not, it hasn't been updated in a while.
0: And that was more or less with having to do with um, health and fitness. Is that right?
1: No, it was more of a personal development. Okay. We had a couple. I mean, I forgot we had the the do over podcast, which was more personal development, and then we had body do over, which was all fitness with my personal trainer. Right. But we are pretty much narrowed it down to epic real estate investing podcast because. Uh, I'm still a real estate investor and running this multimedia podcast (laughs) empire uh, was taking up quite a bit of time and not paying nearly as well as the real estate does. So I got to go that direction.
0: Are you still doing the turnkey podcast?
1: Yeah, it's not regular. I mean, it's not uh, what you call it. uh, Not as consistent as Epic because we run three episodes a week now on on the Epic podcast. Right, right.
0: Well, cool. All right, guys. So listen, you can get the show notes at realestateinvestingmastery.com, and you can get our Fast Cash Survival Kit at realestateinvestingmastery.com. And it's free. If you don't like it, I'll give you your money back.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> as, 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 as I think that my j- my joke's probably getting old. Everybody right. <laughs> listening I to this. I
1: saw someone said, uh, guaranteed to transform your life, or I'll give you your old life back. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, so check that out. And listen, Here, let me just tell you guys something. You've been listening, a lot of you guys have been listening to podcasts for a long time. Have you ever left a review on a podcast? I know Matt and I get a lot of downloads in the tens of thousands every single week, every single month. And a lot of people have never left a review before. And so if you like this show, if you like Matt's show at Epic Real Estate Investing or Real Estate Investing Mastery, please leave us a review. Sometimes, you know, I do bribes and I know Matt does them. You know, hey, if you leave us a review, we'll, give, we'll send you something for free. But listen, if you just like the show, if you like what we have to do here, there's a lot of work that goes involved with doing these podcasts. Uh, leave us a review. Let us know whether you like the show or not. And even if it's a bad review, kind of, we don't care, but like <laughs> leave, <laughs> leave us a review. We'd appreciate that.
1: Let's call them constructive criticism reviews
0: constructive criticism reviews I like that I'll take that all right (laughs) so hopefully guys uh the audio is going to be good on this I'm actually in my car uh, and I have my headset on and I normally have a better microphone but um we'll just do the best we can here and if we have to Matt if we have to split this up then maybe I'll call you later from home but my son's at a piano camp and so I'm working kind of virtually all this week and uh it's hard. <laughs> it's hard working out of a Starbucks and a Panera or a Jimmy John's. So now I'm actually in my car because it's a lot quieter in here. And um, So Matt, welcome to the show. How are you, man?
1: I'm very good. Thanks for having me again, Joe. It's, a, it's always a pleasure to be here.
0: It's a pleasure to be on your show as well. I, I've been on your show maybe three times, maybe four. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, how many times have you been on mine, Matt? Do you remember?
1: Once or twice, yes, maybe, maybe twice, but I know once for sure.
0: Yes, once for sure.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> so Matt and I have been friends for a while, and we kind of started podcasting about the same time. Matt is out of California, but he does deals all over the country. And Matt has a very—I I like Matt a lot because he really simplifies the whole stuff, all everything you know regarding wholesaling and real estate investing and investing in passive income and. Matt just does a really, really good job of simplifying it, taking the complicated out, and I, I, you know, I, that's something that um, when I'm teaching real estate, I tend to complicate things too much. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, Matt does a real good job of simplifying it. So good for you, Matt. I'm glad you do that. Thanks, Joe. Thanks. So you have, um, I know you do a lot of deals. How's? Why don't you talk about how your um, turnkey business is doing? You're buying for yourself, but you're also selling a lot of turnkey rentals in different markets across the country. How's that business going for you?
1: Um, It's going, it's still going well. You know, a a few years ago, I remember at one of my events, someone had asked me, uh, uh, it was Q and a time. The event was kind of all over. It it, it was complete. And someone asked me, so Matt, what's your biggest fear? What keeps you up at night? And three years ago, my answer was that I won't be able to buy enough property in the opportunity that we have at this moment. Huh. three years ago and you asked me how that business is going and you know prices have certainly appreciated uh rents haven't necessarily so that ROI has has been dropping slowly but steadily yeah and um you know historically speaking getting a seven eight percent cash on cash return is historically is a very good investment right we're coming coming out of this market or this last decade almost of where, you know, people wanted 14, 15, 16%, and that kind of became the new norm. Right, right, right. And you know, and and uh and through this period, a lot of turnkey properties have been purchased. There's a lot of companies out there doing it. I find the audience or the the, the clientele for that type of product is becoming a little bit more sophisticated and savvy and uh, it's not it's not an easy business like it sort of was, you know, 3 years ago. But it's still uh, it's still working very well. I still believe real estate is really the final frontier where the average person has that legitimate shot of creating some real wealth. Yeah. And then it's it's really like one of the last great tax shelters as well. And so we have the doctors and the attorneys and the dentists and the, and the small business owners that you know are essentially cash rich, and are tired of giving it all back to Uncle Sam. So we still have a good steady flow of demand from that regard. But it, it has slowed down and the profit has diminished a little bit. We probably tell that most of the wholesalers out there probably realize that as well. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and, and the ROI has fallen, but historically speaking, it's still like, what are your other options? Right. There's nothing else out there better.
0: We were so spoiled. Weren't we, Matt in yep. 20, I would say 2011 through 2014.
1: Yep. yeah.
0: Cause we could buy these deals at ridiculous low prices. It, it was so, and the response rates were really high on direct mail it was easy to get 14, 15% ROI. Like we're talking net ROI after mm-hmm. all of your expenses and management and vacancies and stuff like that. And so things have changed a lot, but that's the, the only, the, the, the constant thing with real estate or what does the phrase go? The constant thing about change is it's always changing or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. The one
1: thing that never changes is it's going to change <laughs>
0: something like that. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, um, so still though, you're absolutely right. Eight to ten percent is still mm-hmm. very easy to get. And mm-hmm. we've just gotten spoiled. And, uh, but eight to ten percent is very good with and when you consider, and that's by the way, we should clarify, Matt, that eight to ten percent is just your net kind of cash on cash return, right? When you Correct. factor in appreciation over time, when you factor in the tax benefits uh, mm-hmm. over time, the uh, appreciation and depreciation that you can all of the, the things that come along with that, your return is actually a lot higher than that, isn't it?
1: It's much higher. And then don't forget amortization, which people yes. don't even understand. Um, you know, you get a, a 8 to 10% cash on cash return right now. You know, after two or three years, that annualizes probably a 40, 50% return. So people, mm-hmm. you know, they make the mistake when they look at a deal. They're like, okay, is it going to appreciate? Or is it going to cash flow? And those are the only two factors, the only two profit centers of real estate that they really focus on. But there is the, the amortization and there is the depreciation, which are all real, tangible returns on investment, other profit centers of real estate that people uh, either they don't know about or they choose to ignore them.
0: Well, and what other investment vehicle in the world can you use leverage right. and, and, lo- and and loans to buy these properties, you know? So you yeah, can that's use... the big difference maker. Oh yeah. And that's what you mean by amortization, I think, right?
1: Well, no, amortization being that uh, you know, if you have a loan on a property, so you have it leveraged. So that that's a 5 times multiplier right there yeah. in in all of your returns. But the amortization being that um, when that tenant is paying you their rent each month, people just focus on the cash flow that they get to keep at the end of the month. Right. And they, you know, they put 200, 300 bucks in their pocket. What they fail to realize is there's a portion of that payment is going to also pay down your principal, and that's a legitimate return on investment as well. Oh yeah. So that's, so you get an equity there from your. That, so that's a return that you can't ignore also.
0: That's a beautiful thing about it because you can get somebody else. You can use somebody else's money to buy the house, right? Mm-hmm. And use somebody else's money to pay the mortgage on that loan.
1: Mm-hmm. Exactly.
0: To a certain point, I mean, you're still gonna, you know, if you're getting a loan, you're still having to um, get some of your own money to pay for the down payment, Uh, but
1: Uh, maybe not. Maybe not, (laughs) right?
0: Yeah, I guess it's how you know. Like, let's talk about that for a second, Matt. Uh Um, Is financing getting easier to buy rental properties these days?
1: Well, you know, when when I I was in the music business for a long time, when the digital download came along, I mean, it just wiped me out, and so I was divorced and bankrupt in a matter of three three, four months. Wow. And when that happens, the credit score takes a nosedive. And I really have no idea what my credit score even is today. And that happened, what? That was probably like 10 years ago now. Yeah. So, no, it was even more than that. It was probably 12, 13 years ago. So it's, it might have recovered by now, but I haven't even looked at it because I haven't had to. Mm-hmm. And the reason being is just being able to leverage either seller financing or private money. Yes. And, uh, you know, I, I'm in love with infinite returns. So if I don't have any money in the, the deal. That's kind of what I always shoot for. You know, uh, Kiyosaki always said that the, our employees of this country pay the most in taxes. You pay less in taxes when you get your money to work for your money. And then you pay even less in taxes when you get other people's money to work hmm. for your money. So I've just, I've, that stuck with me. And that's kind of always my focus with every buy and hold investment I make is how can I get my capital back out?
0: And you brought up a great point with seller financing. Not a lot of investors out there even do that or even know about it, where you can keep the loan in place, or if there's no loan, create a new note with the seller, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So one of, the, one of the cool things that you do is you, I'm not sure exact the exact steps that, and how you do it, but you will make multiple offers to the sellers, maybe all at once or maybe one at a time. But one of the offers that you make is owner financing, either interest only or principal only payments. Can you talk about why you do that and maybe like even what percent of your deals uh, actually go that route?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, There's a few reasons and and there's a few reasons that we do it and a few reasons that it works. You know, as investors and you go to purchase a property, you want to do it in one of two ways. Either it's going to be your price in their terms Mm -hmm. or their price in your terms. Right. As long as you can get control of one of those, you can create a deal for yourself. So most people uh, assume that sellers just want cash, meaning that would be their terms. So all you're you're doing is negotiating on the price and you're just going back and forth on price. And there's always going to be a winner. There's always going to be a loser. You're going to win some, you're going to lose some. But rather, when uh, we get to an impasse with a seller, we'll say, okay, well, this is how it works. I'm an investor. I'm a fair guy. You're a fair guy, right? Right, Joe? You're a fair guy? Oh, yeah. (laughs) Totally, right? So this is what we can do. We can... I can uh, alleviate this problem from you with uh, my price and your terms, or your price and my terms. So, which one do you want? Hmm. Right. So, once we go there, then it's like uh, you know, if you want full price, if you want your hundred grand full market value for this property, great. So, um, how many payments can I divide that up into? Would nice. three hundred, be okay. You know, or if uh, they want their cash right now today. Well, fantastic. Then uh, what that's gonna be for me is probably right around sixty-five thousand dollars. Are you uh-huh. okay with that, or do you already want the terms? You know, so that that's the the reason that we do that is, is that we can give the sellers more money, and have it still be a great deal for us. Yes. So it's just easier to create a win-win scenario when you when you're work, looking at every deal with regard to price and terms.
0: I love that because most wholesalers again they're just making a cash offer and that's all they know what to do. Right. And and most of these homes you don't want to do lease options on. So they I always mm-hmm. tell people you, you you if you're doing lease options, which I teach a lot about, mm-hmm. you typically want to stay in the nicer homes, nicer areas. And those areas don't necessarily cash flow that well. Mm-hmm. So the when you can offer seller financing on a good cash flowing rental, you know, in the fifty to seventy five thousand dollar range, it's perfect. Perfect. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. So what what percent of your deals, Matt, would you say the sellers take that seller financing or some form of that?
1: Uh, I think we're kind of like right at, at 50-50. Wow. If it did, it would go probably maybe if it was 60-40. So 40% take the seller financing, 60% take the cash. But what we found is when we present three offers together and they see the terms, they see, oh, I can get a higher price, but it's going to take me longer to get it. All of a sudden, it makes your... your Low ball all cash offer look a little bit more appealing or it puts it in a context mm-hmm. and they start rationalizing between what's fair in their mind. So we get a lot more of the low ball cash offers accepted by presenting three different options. So it makes us look like we're not trying to rip off their property. We're just being fair. Nice. So you can have, you can have more money. You just got to wait for it. But if you want all your money, then, you know, you can, then this is what the price is going to be.
0: So there's real, no, there's no real negotiating involved, right? Cause like you don't have to be a skilled expert negotiator, you just give them, here's your options, pick one,
1: right? Totally. I mean, we always go for the the cash offer first. So they get the three option letter of intent if we've been unable to reach an agreement of the cash offer. okay. And I think the other part that's really key to how we negotiate is we align ourselves with the seller. The seller's got a problem. We've got a solution. Let's try and put this together and let's see if the market is going to allow us to both get what we want. Yep. So we, we played just good cop, bad cop with the market being the bad cop. Yep. And we make every offer, we phrase it in a way that it's the seller's idea. So based off what the market is saying right now, Joe, and what you shared with me about the repairs, and you know, and after carving a little bit of a, a profit out for myself, what you're saying is we're right at $75,000. Is that correct? So what we just did was, this is what the market says. I got a little profit for myself. Then you said this about the, the repairs. So what you're saying, Mr. Seller, Mrs. Seller, that we're right around $75,000. Is that correct? So, so we always phrase things like that way to make it their idea. So like they're participating in the solution of their own problem and it's not us coming in trying to buy their property.
0: Okay. I like that. You know, it reminds me, I just interviewed a guy named Rick Otten. Have you heard of that guy before?
1: Oh yeah. I love Rick. He's, He's awesome. A, yeah. He had a, um, I think he still has his podcast, but I remember listening to that about seven, eight years ago, an Australian guy and, uh, Boy, he he was really he. I got a lot of creative structures from him. That guy is really good. He's good. phenomenal.
0: He's in the yeah. Black Belt Mastermind. Did you know that? The boardroom. Yes, room?
1: he is. Yeah. Yep.
0: So, um, he was. I've listened to his podcast before. He still does it. It's called We Buy Houses Radio. And I guess because he's in um, Australia, he doesn't have to worry about the trademark issues. I don't know with this <laughs> with this idiot who's trying to do this. But, but I digress. So. I was talking to Rick. He was actually in Iowa uh, a few weeks ago. And um, he is, he's heard of my podcast, and we were talking about stuff. And he was from Australia, living in England a little bit, living in Australia. And he's starting to flip houses right now in Spain and in Greece. Mm. But you know how hes he's really, really, really good at talking to sellers. And when he starts teaching about sales and things that he says to sellers – It's amazing. I've got some really, really good stuff from him. But one of the things that he said the other day when I was interviewing him on my podcast was this. he's When he's talking to the seller, and I thought of this because you were talking about kind of partnering with the sellers in a certain sense. Uh, He Mm -hmm. said, you know, Mr. Seller, I'm going to make a lot of money on this deal. And he kind of makes a joke out of it. I'm going to make a lot of money. And and are you okay with that? Mm -hmm. And uh, the seller says, "Uh, I don't know, maybe. he says, well, hey, listen, I'll tell you what. What if... I share some of the profits with you. Mm-hmm. Now, what seller would say no to that, right? And right. so he, pos- the way he's framing it and positioning it, he brings the seller on as part of his team, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, there's just the – when you can make help them come up with the decisions and maybe there's – now, he doesn't do 50-50 profit split with them. But he maybe will share if he's just flipping the contract. Maybe he'll share with them ten to fifteen percent of the profits mm-hmm. or whatnot. But anyway, fascinating interview I did with Rick, and uh, yep. we're actually talking. We're going to be talking soon about bringing him and doing here to the U.S. and doing a workshop with him somewhere. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes. I've
1: actually thought about that myself, but it looks like you beat me to the punch.
0: Ah, <laughs> I'll, I'll let you. I'll let you come. Maybe we can partner on that with him on that or something.
1: I will buy a ticket because he, he's a smart guy. There's a lot to learn from him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Cool. So, uh, Matt, I wanted to ask you about direct mail. Mm-hmm. And, and we're going to be talking about you're doing a workshop real soon here, and you're going to be doing it in my backyard in St. Louis, which is so cool. I right? know.
1: Coming to um, your town.
0: I'm looking forward to I'm going to go there and be there. And just uh, dis- disrupt your party. No, I'm just kidding.
1: I'm sure. No. But, <laughs> I'm uh, ready for you, Joe.
0: No, let's let's talk about direct mail, right? Because we talked, uh-huh. we started this conversation. Things are changing. It's not not as good or as easy as it used to be. Are you still doing direct mail? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? Response rates are dropping. It's getting more competitive. That kind of stuff.
1: Yeah, we we are still doing direct mail. I think. Uh, I mean, certainly response rates have dropped, but I think it really kind of depends where you are. Uh, it still works. Absolutely. It's still our number one source of deals. We have switched it up a little bit in the sense that we send everybody now to a 24-hour recorded message. We've gone back and forth from that. We flip-flopped over that over the years. Like It's better to answer live, which I I still believe it is. I still believe it's better to answer live. Um, But we do get a higher response rate when we send people to a 24-hour recorded message. Hmm. And our whole goal is just to capture the data. We just mm-hmm. want to capture the phone number, yep, and then and make sure we get them into our follow up system. So that's that's how we're maximizing our advertising dollars. As even if we don't cl- aren't closing as many deals on the direct mail, we're not getting as many responses. We're still filling up our um, our coffers, I guess, so we yeah. can follow up because we got a pretty amazing and intense follow-up system. So we just want to capture that information and get them into the system so um, we can continue to communicate with them.
0: You know, I, I'm i interviewing right after later today, another gentleman I've interviewed before my podcast. <clears throat> and uh, he's a guy who did, he would spend fifty to to $100,000 a month on direct mail mm-hmm. and would do really, really well. And he has not done any direct mail in about six months. Mm-hmm. Because he saw his response rates dropping, and then he looked at all of his old leads. He had 15,000 phone numbers mm-hmm. in his database. He said, well, you know what? what why don't I do something with these? And mm-hmm. he just started he's implementing some different follow-up systems and mm-hmm. following up with his old leads, and that's how he's doing all of his deals right now. Mm-hmm. The, you're absolutely right. I think you nailed it. Getting those phone numbers is really important.
1: Yep, and there's so many things you can do with that data now. I mean, we, we send out a, um, a slide broadcast. is just one of the things that we do, and we do that once a month to the entire database. Nice. And, and every single time we do it, we get a contract. I mean, that just because of how much data we have collected wow. over the years. Wow. So we, get, we, know that, we know that's good for a deal a month already. Um, the other things that you're allowed to do with uh, um, you know, Google and, and some of the systems that are available allow you to track down the IP addresses. Yeah. So you can start placing your ads in front of them. Then you can, uh, with Facebook, you can go ahead and create that audience. And then sure. you create a lookalike audience. So now you've got these audiences of people that, you know, so show some type of distress, and friends are like, or the like audience or other people's distress. So there's a lot of, that data is really valuable. So we use direct mail because it just makes the phone ring, and uh, we get to capture that information and use it in so many other ways, and just kind of hit people from you know, every possible angle That that we can.
0: Are you using any auto dialer to just power dial through those numbers?
1: Nope. Uh. -uh. Um. I guess. I mean. I'm not saying it's wrong or bad. Uh, I just don't think it's a great use of our time at this moment. Being that when we send out a slide broadcast, I mean, we have to divide that up into like just groups of a hundred or two hundred at a time. Yeah. Because once we send that out, we get five calls immediately. Oh, wow. And these these are people that are calling us back. So we can almost – we can really manipulate when we want our phone to ring so we don't have to um, – and I just found that that works so much better as far as getting in contact with people than if we're going to actually hand dial them ourselves because we then just go to voicemail after voicemail after voicemail. Right. And uh, this way, we get to talk to some people right away and don't have to wait for that auto dialer to work through the numbers.
0: Nice, nice. And then um, – oh, oh, what was I going to ask? Well, yes, you're, you're – do you – because you're doing deals you're still doing deals in multiple markets across the country, right? Yes. So do you have centralized call center where you know you have employees that are taking the calls or how are you handling that right now?
1: So in the in the three markets I'm in right now, I mean we we do our turnkey operation in probably ten markets, but we're leveraging other people's systems and in, in some of those markets. But the three markets where we source our own deals, I've got people on the ground.
0: Okay. So I'll give you
1: I'll give you the call flow. This is how it works. Um this is top secret. My, my associates are probably going to kill me for this, but, <laughs> but I will share it with you.
0: John. All right. All right. Thanks. All
1: right. Okay. Sure. Um, no one's listening anyway.
0: So no, we'll nobody it. listens to yeah. my
1: podcast. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so we send out the, the postcard and it says it's the 24 hour recorded message. So that comes in. And for the people that leave a message, it notifies my person on the ground right away. So they call back immediately. That's, that's the agreement between us. The following day, most of the people are gonna call and hang up. So the following day, we've pre-recorded a different slide broadcast message for Monday through Friday. So if the mail hits on, for everyone that hung up on Monday, on Tuesday, they get the Tuesday message. So we slide broadcast them. And then the phone rings for my guy on the ground there. And that just happens every single day and then that's how our our flow works, as far as um, getting to to talk to sellers.
0: Nice, and so um, so you don't have a big operation in California. You're you're leveraging a lot of the your boots on the ground people in these other markets.
1: Yeah, just because I mean I I'm very envious of, of someone like yourself who lives in a market like St. Louis where you can do it in your own backyard. But if you're an income investor like I am, California is not conducive to that strategy so much. So. Um, that, that's why I'm doing it virtually at the moment.
0: Now you're doing it virtually. Have you found that it's just better to negotiate with sellers in person at the kitchen table, or can you do that over the phone?
1: Yeah, you can do it over the phone. We've did it that way for a very long time. The biggest challenge that we found was even after a seller says, yes, you got a deal, Matt, let's do it. Uh Just getting the signature, just getting the contract signed. So we were like 50, 50 on that. Wow, and but really? with the person with the person on the ground that can go and, and knock on the door and meet them face to face, I mean we're like ninety five percent.
0: Even with mobile notaries, you are still struggling getting the signs, them signed.
1: Yeah, it, I just didn't, I didn't think it made that much of a difference.
0: Wow, I found the if same it, thing. I wish there was a way that it, you could do them virtually over the phone. Now you can. We're not hmm. saying that you can't, but you will get more deals contract contracts signed when you can meet that seller in person.
1: Absolutely. And then, you know, and with the the market that we're in right now, you know, real estate is really hot. Everyone wants to do it. And a lot of people are, you know, you get a yes today and, you know, they get a knock on their door tomorrow from someone else who's ready to go right now and has got the contract in front of their face. That's, that's a yeah. lower barrier to entry for them to get their problem solved.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. So are you, you talked a little bit about you're still doing direct mail. Are you doing mm-hmm. any other, marketing t- tactics that you're finding working maybe now as well
1: yeah we're um we're scraping property management websites going after absentee owners that way and we have a, cu- a customized cover letter that empathizes with that seller hey uh i noticed your property is vacant i'm an investor too i know what it's like to have a vacant property you know we both probably signed up for for cash flow and but when it goes vacant, it doesn't cash flow very well, and you know I, you probably just put a bunch of money into this and uh, you fix it up for probably the third time in the, in the last couple of years. And uh, you know, how would would you be open to an offer that uh, if we were to purchase this property, but still give you this uh, similar cash flow to that what you're expecting without all the headaches? Nice. So that's that's the essence of our cover letter. Then we send them a three-option letter of intent, and then uh, we include a proof of funds letter with that as well. It makes it a little bit more official. And then we send it in a nice, big, fancy envelope that uh, they feel very compelled to open. Nice.
0: Mm-hmm. And, of course, follow-up. I think you're, you we would yep. We would all agree that follow-up is even more important now. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, just think how many more deals we could have done, Matt, if we were doing as much follow-up three years ago as we're doing today. <laughs> you
1: know what I'm right. saying? Right. I mean, three years ago, you didn't have to. Right. You know, it's... And uh, but now it's like business as usual. this is what a normal business looks like. So yeah. for people that are saying it doesn't work anymore or it's harder right now, no, this is normal right This is what real business looks like. It's what real marketing looks like. It's what real estate investing looks like. This is you know you've just been in, been spoiled for a really long time. That's a real so, good
0: point. I think it's people forget that.
1: Yeah, it's it's like, oh, it's it's going to hell. And, you know, no one's calling my mail anymore. Like direct mail used to be like less than one percent response rate. Yeah, it went through a long period of that. That's like the industry standard. Yeah. And, you know, when you but when you start mailing to an audience that's in distress, yeah, you get used to five percent, ten percent response rates. And that's what we were in the last decade is there are a lot of p- property owners out there that were in distress and, you know, the right solution shows up in their mailbox and they call. But now it's it's leveling out and we're back down to normal statistics that direct mail would uh, you'd expect from direct mail.
0: That's a real good point. Excellent. All right. So, Matt, you are doing a workshop. You call these Epic Intensives mm-hmm. and uh, you've done these in other parts of the country and now you're going to do one in St. Louis. And so that's why I called you and I said, hey, can I get you on the podcast? Let's talk about this workshop that sure. you're going to be doing. And um First of all, why St. Louis? Why? Why would you want to do this here? Oh, because I knew you
1: were there, and I knew probably irritate oh, you yeah. a little bit. When you no. wanted,
0: you wanted to see a Cardinals game while you were here, maybe.
1: <laughs> exactly. I just got back. I went with my good friend Brad Donnelly about a month ago. Cool. And uh, yeah, you guys beat up on the Dodgers, but uh, I'm okay with that. Yeah. We won what 14 out of 15 right now. We've got I think almost. The best record in baseball, I think just second to the Astros. Uh,
0: I know, and uh, and the Cardinals suck right now. So
1: (laughs) Yeah, we've had fifteen home runs in the last four games. Like we are crushing it right now. Wow. Okay. I'm very I'm very cautiously optimistic about that because the Dodgers break my heart every year in the final final in the playoffs. Anyway, what'd you ask me about? Oh, why why St. Louis? (laughs) Right. You know, you get me on Dodgers and I'm very passionate about my Dodgers. So we've done the last, I think, four or five here in Los Angeles in Manhattan Beach. And we just, the requests are just like, when are you coming out east? When are you coming out east? And it's like, okay, we'll start moving out there. And St. Louis happens to be one of our markets. It's where our teams are. Yep. Um, so we're kind of doing a, a multi, I mean, it's a week-long event, depending on how our our participants want to participate. But we're doing a, a, a field training with a negotiating boot camp and – um property analysis methods out live in the field. We're doing a mastermind the day before for the v- our VIP uh, attendees. But then on the, the main event is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's our Epic Intensive. It's three days where we just cover the the three pillars of our ACE framework that we call yeah. um, how to attract, to convert, and exit in, in real estate. And so uh, we're putting that together. And uh, yeah, we'll be out there August... Third, fourth, and fifth is the, is the dates for the main event.
0: August third, fourth, and fifth, twenty seventeen, yep. and um, all day Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Is that right? Is that right?
1: That's correct. Yes.
0: Cool. So I will be there as well. I looked. Fantastic. Up, I, it's, it's on my calendar, and um, so it'd be cool to just to hang out. And uh, the talk about the cost and what um, maybe go into a little more detail. Is it like because you just mentioned on the field stuff. Are we doing right. that during the three days or?
1: Well, that that's an, it's an elevated, uh, entry. Okay. Um, if anyone wants to, uh, inquire about that, they can do that after they, they get their Epic intensive ticket. But it would be a week- long thing if you if you wanted to participate in everything. but the, the main event is, like I said, it's based off our ACE framework, the attract, convert, and exit. So the first day is all about attracting leads. Like nobody likes to chase leads, so we want to attract them. So how do we attract them? well we fo- we focus on finding the problems, promoting the solutions, and then setting up all the systems to automate that. So basically create a lead generation machine. We call it a lead machine. So that's that's the first part of it. Then to convert, once you've got those opportunities coming to you daily, automatically, now it's it's all the lessons in how you answer that phone, how you build rapport, how you present your price and terms, and how you get the contract actually signed. Good. And then uh, day three is all about exit. You know, I really, so I, I think about this business, I think a little bit differently than everybody else in the sense that, uh, you know, you have wholesalers out there, you have fix and flippers out there, you have buy and hold investors, you have lease optioners out there. I don't think you should pigeonhole yourself into any one strategy. I think you should really focus on finding the deal, attracting the deal to you, and getting it secured. Once you've got it secured under contract, now take your time and analyze for all the different exit strategies to see which one is going to propel you further along and faster to your own financial freedom goals than the other thing, because. You know, it's fun to to wholesale property. It's fun to fix and flip. You get these nice big chunks of cash. But what most people don't realize is, what do you got to do tomorrow? You got to go find another one. Mm -hmm. You, You feel like you're being successful. You feel like you've got some money in the bank. You're feeling good about yourself. But you are not getting any closer to being able to take your foot off the gas. So there's nothing wrong with those strategies. We do them here too. But my intent is to always hold property. Now, when I get a deal under contract, You know, when you do the type of marketing and mailing that we do and and all those different strategies, you never really know what you're going to get. I mean, I've got uh, 60 units in multifamily and I've never mailed to a multifamily owner in my life. I got those from single family mailings. Yeah. So the the point being is you never know what you're going to get. And even though it's my intent to hold everything I get, I don't want to hold everything I get. Yeah. So I will wholesale stuff. And if it makes sense, and I get a deep enough discount and I can make a big home run off of a, a retail sale, then I might fix and flip it as well. But I reserve that decision until I'm able to get control of the property and go ahead and run those numbers. So I show everyone how to do that and then how to compare apples to apples with um, with every deal, with the, the exit strategy that you need. And also, the other thing about that is when you get to the point and you're analyzing your deal, I might need some cash right now. And I might, might need to replenish those marketing coffers so I can keep the marketing going. Yeah. Or, you know, I might have some big expenses. I might have a balloon payment coming up or whatever it may be. I might need the cash. And then other times it's like, I'm, I'm cool. I got enough cash in the bank. Let's add some more cash flow to, to the portfolio. Yeah. So you get to make those decisions independently. There's a lot of people out there that, that teach you how to do deals. You know, they teach you how to go and and, and make money with uh you know storage units or mobile home parks or multifamily or lease options or fix and flips or wholesaling. There's a lot of people out that have to teach you how to do deals. Right. So little so little time is spent on finding deals. Uh-huh. And that that's what the majority of our focus is. I think that's the the most valuable skill you can have as a real estate investor is finding the deal. Yeah. Because once you, once you find the deal, you've got control over it. You create opportunity for yourself and you've got control over you know, how it's going to go for you. And you can essentially call the shots, especially in today's market in today's environment where there aren't a lot of options for other investors, real estate and investors outside of real estate. There's not a lot of options for people to put their money and there's no shortage of money for a good return. There's no shortage of money for a good deal. And I think you can really write your ticket and create a cash register inside of your business if you just focus on honing that skill and getting stuff under contract. And then going and looking, what's the best exit strategy that's going to pay me the most right now?
0: That's excellent. That's excellent. And when you can have the different offers like you talk about, you just you're opening your, you're opening up yourself to a bunch more deals that you would have lost otherwise.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Let's talk about maximizing your, your marketing dollars. Like the phone's not ringing as much. We're not doing as many wholesales as we used to. Well, maybe they weren't wholesale deals, but it doesn't mean they weren't deals. Sure. Sure. Right. Absolutely.
0: Cool. So this event, what is the cost? It's got to be a couple thousand bucks.
1: It's a couple thousand bucks. But if you act right now, <laughs> no, if you go to epicintensive.com, I don't know. Um, it's going to go up to, to – it'll be up to – the early bird price will be 197 here shortly. Uh, depending on when you release this, Joe, right now what we're doing is we're actually giving away free seats. All we're asking is for a $97 seat deposit. And then when you show up to the event, we're going to give you a crisp $100 back. So you're going to make a $3 profit right there. I think that's like a 36% return <laughs> annualized. So you're making money right away. Yeah. But um, depending on when this is, uh, that's only for the first 25 people. I'm not, I think we're actually almost there. But um, even at $197, it yeah. is worth every penny. It's 100% guaranteed. If you don't feel you got 10 times the value from that $197, we will give you your money back at the event as well. So no risk.
0: Nice. Epicintensive.com. Is that right?
1: That's correct. Epicintensive.com.
0: Good. We'll have that in the show notes, but you shouldn't need show notes because it's epicintensive.com. Yeah. Go th- just go there and get up and sign up. That's going to be good. I'm, I'm glad you're in St. Louis. I know there's a lot of folks around here in the Midwest that just don't like traveling to California. It's just the land of fruits and nuts, and it's like – flakes. And flakes. <laughs> Why do we have yeah. to go there for all the good workshops? And here we are going to have one in St. Louis, so I'm excited about that. And I will be there, Matt. And awesome. uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be good to see you. And is Mercedes coming with you?
1: Yep, the whole team is coming with me. And uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing you too, Joe. It's always a pleasure to hang out with you. Always a pleasure to talk to you. It is. It's
0: good. All right, Matt. Thank you very much. And guys, go check out Matt's uh, podcast as well, Epic Real Estate. Is it Epic Real Estate or Epic Real Estate Investing?
1: Investing, yeah.
0: Okay. And mm-hmm. uh, go check out his podcast and download his episodes he's he's got some really he's always got really really good stuff there so thanks again
1: Matt and uh, we'll talk soon you bet Joe thank you have a good day
0: all right see you guys bye bye